fascinating gadgets. Gizmos. And gear-based technologies. Hello and welcome to the show. I am your analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. And to my right... Dr. Michael Denon, superhero scientist and master of all the strange physics that you need to understand this pop culture stuff. Um, and you're a certified genius, isn't that right? I am. Uh, do you still have that certification? I do, I do. I still, and I have the certificate to prove it. Okay, I want to see it because I believe you got demerited last time, but <laughs> let's take a look. Uh, and all the bombs you drop, uh, Ben Seepser has to clean up and make functional. He is our engineer. And he is—he resides in an undisclosed location, works in an underground bunker in an undisclosed company, and yet he is a rocket scientist. Um, ben, thanks for being on the program today. Great to be here. So we are talking about something very exciting today, but I think we have to ask a question first, and that is, where do you guys fit in the paranormal spectrum? Do you guys believe in the paranormal? Do you not? Um, not necessarily ghosts in general, but paranormal activity. Uh, of all kinds, I'm gonna go to Ben first with this. No, no. Yeah, all right, <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe in anything. Uh, not particularly. No. Why not? Because you haven't experienced it. My guess is if you experienced a ghost, you'd change that really quickly. No, I'd I'd try to figure out what it really was, which is a ghost. <laughs> I, what if it's really a ghost? Well, then I'd try to figure out how that happened. Why? What scientifically made that occur? Okay. But as far as we can tell, there's no evidence for that kind of stuff. So as long as there's no evidence for it, I'm going to not worry about it. So you're like the Egon of the group. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, where did, so where do you fit, Prof? Where do you? <laughs> well, I, don't, I just don't know where to go now. No, um, <laughs> so here's my problem with most paranormal stuff from a ghost perspective. From a ghost person, are you a ghost? I am. No, from 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 the ghost <laughs> point Speaking, of view. Okay. No, um, no, just from the paranormal point of view, and and, uh, oh. and the the problem I have. And you have an ancient aliens pedigree. And I, I do have say. an ancient aliens pedigree, so yeah. I I know not only about ghosts, but I know about aliens. Yeah. Um, the the challenge with most of it is, you have what are supposedly non physical things doing and being detected by physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. The technical so, way to put it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's always, oh, I've made a sound recording mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. something weird in it. Or I've measured strange electromagnetic activity. Mm-hmm. And as a scientist, the, the scientist part in me, you know, you, you need you really need to define the thing you're looking at. So I actually do address this in the classes I teach. We, we talk about what what is kind of wrong about the most common ways ghosts are looked at and, and discussed and worked at from a science point of view. So the fact that there might be something non-physical out there, I can't rule out sort of by definition mm-hmm. because physics measures physical things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this, this interaction and the way they manifest as physical things that I would be sort of in Ben's camp here. It's like, yeah, I don't, it doesn't make sense from a science point of view. Hmm. But but you have the, do you have the ability to look at it from a non-science point of view? Well, I, I think from the the non-science point of view, it gets trickier because it becomes what we would call a detective story. I do think there are the the other challenge is there are well-documented hoaxes, and anytime you get enough hoaxes, it gets hard to believe anyone, mm-hmm. right? I think there are many people who have some sort of real experience, 
And as Ben said, the challenge is to figure out what that real experience is. Mm -hmm. And since it's not a repeatable experience, it's generally something that happened in the past, becomes much more a detective story. Mm -hmm. And you know, how do you piece it together? What really happened to them? What went on? So it's, it's, a, it's a challenging space from the science point of view. Got it. So you teach this, but it's kind of like um, uh, a ruse or a scam for you. So you're like the Peter Vankman of the group. Like you have a more of a cynical view of it. Um, Let's go skeptical. Skeptical view. Because yeah. I wanted to be Peter, but it sounds like you're more like Peter. Well, i gotta be, you, I got to be, be Ray Peter. now. And Ray's um, a super excitable one. I, yeah, okay. I, I don't mind Dan Aykroyd. He's fine. But I always thought of yeah. myself as more of a Peter Vankman. Okay. But I guess in this particular case. So I, I have a pretty healthy belief in a lot of the paranormal stuff. So, And I think that this episode today really is going to require... Uh, a belief in at least the assumptions given in the movie, because other than that, if we don't have that, then we can't make um, uh, the proton pack exist. You have to believe that, that ghosts are negative energies and that we're using positive energies to collect them and store them and capture them, right? Well, I, I can believe that I can make a proton pack even if it has nothing to work on. Well, so, but, yeah. right, right. No, but <laughs> it has to have a function, though. Well, so let me, let me I want to be a little... I, Maybe I can be more the Dan Aykroyd here. Well, yeah, and you have to be really excited about it. You know? I know. Well, I'll, I'll try. So I can certainly imagine that there's negative energy. There's energy. I'm feeling structures. a lot of negative energy right I now. So. I can imagine <laughs> That's not a stretch, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine energy structures uh -huh. that we don't understand. Okay. That we might call ghosts. Okay. Right. All right. So, because energy and matter can do things that we just don't know sure, yet. Sure. Reframe the, the right. question. Okay. So, I, I can it. reframe the question, and we could use the word ghost for these things. Sure. Okay. Um, because what the heck? We need to name them something. So After all, physicists call things quarks and up and down quarks. Yeah, strange and, and charm. Strange and charm. So, we're not real good with names. Right. No, <laughs> and that's fair. So, basically, you're just saying exactly what I said that we have to make Well, you wanted me to be someone different. So, I tried <laughs> to change what I said. <laughs> all right. So, we have an understanding. As long as we have an understanding yeah. as a group, okay. No. Yeah, yeah. You have to make the assumption. You have to buy into the assumption of the Ghostbusters, the ghosts in the Ghostbusters, which is that they're these negative creatures, and they take it literally and say they are negatively charged. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to interact with them in a way that we can control them, you have to neutralize them. Right. And so that's where the proton pack comes in. Is you use the positive power of the proton pack to attack the negative ghost and you neutralize it. Got it. So yeah, this is the shortest episode we've ever done. We got it. <laughs> yeah, Positive charges, easy. neutralize negative charges. We're done. We're done. All right. Thank you guys. Case closed. <laughs> uh, well, so l now what's interesting about the proton pack is you mentioned this before is that this is one of those things that didn't actually exist in the movie. They don't call it a proton pack in the movie Ghostbusters in the original 1984 Correct. version. They call it a positron collider. It's a miniature particle accelerator. Yes. Uh, they call it several different things, which give us a hint at what it actually is and what its function is. Um, because basically what it does is, like you guys have said, it's very, it, very simple in a way. It, you have a negative energy. We're using positive energy to hold it, and then we're going to trap it. Um, but those other words give us an idea of what this thing is actually doing, which is, I imagine, shooting out a stream of positrons or some type of positive energy. I, I would think we'd want to shoot positrons if we could, um, just because of the, um, they're lighter, they're lower energy. Uh, you could also imagine shooting protons. They're also positively charged, harder to accelerate at high energies because they're, they're heavier. heavier. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the funny thing is, depending what you mean by it... They're easier to get, though. They're easier to get. But a, a mini 
A mini particle accelerator. I mean, yeah. Well, Make I mean, my one. arm is a particle accelerator, well, right? No, but, but again, so it just depends what energies you want to reach. And I think this is the fascinating thing. So, like, one thing that has always been, I think, in science fiction is the idea, I mean, and Isaac Asimov first had this in things like the Foundation Trilogy, is to get a nuclear reactor down to the side where you can have hand-powered nuclear power. Hand-powered nuclear power. I mean, hand-sized nuclear power, sorry. You know, okay. like... Hold it in your hand and it has Hand-powered nu nuclear power would be amazing. Yeah, no, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> Hand-sized nuclear power. power right. Okay. And, and people always think, you know, when you say nuclear power, nuclear reactor, they think the big ones that you always see the pictures mm -hmm. of in the standards. And, and you kind of forget that we do have nuclear submarines. Mm -hmm. right? right. So, yeah. so clearly we've made them smaller. Mm -hmm. You know, so nuclear reactors, a little different than particle accelerator, but we've made those smaller. Particle accelerators, you know, it's all about the energy you want to get to. Again, we have CERN, very large particle accelerator. Right. But we do have smaller versions of the equivalent thing when you're going to much lower energies. So it depends how much energy you need in your particle accelerator on your back that you're going to use to capture these negative energy ghosts. Right. Okay, so that's the fundamental problem. How, what's the energy level we need? What are the energy? Yeah, we don't really know much about we don't really know much about the ghosts and their mm -hmm. energy levels. So we mm -hmm. don't really know how energetic our say positrons or protons need to be out the beam. Yeah. Right. Well, presumably the the particles themselves don't need to be highly energetic. We really just need them to be going fast enough that you can shoot them accurately. Yeah. So or relatively accurate. Relatively <laughs> accurate. And right. and since they're they're positive and the ghost is negative, they're going to be attracted. So you don't even have to have that great aim. Oh, I see. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Because theoretically, they should curve towards the ghost. Which they often do. Which they do. Yeah, yeah. And or the you, ghost would curve towards it. Yeah. And when you see and when you see the, you know, it's not a straight line in the movie. It's like a wiggling plasma thing. Yeah. So they're not, they can't be going that fast because they're really more acting like lightning than they are a beam, mm -hmm. a, like a fast moving beam. Well, it seems like a plasma stream. I mean, don't they even refer to what is that in, in the... Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think that's... The, the interesting thing as we discuss these is you start to realize there's a lot about the actual technology that's not just... That's not too bizarre. For instance, we make plasma cutters. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's a thing you do to do machining and processing of materials, mm -hmm. right? And we, you know, you even have arc welders. And you, I mean, we, we're making plasmas all the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, part, you use the word particle accelerator, but it's just a fancy way for making your plasma. A fancy name for making your a plasma. A particle accelerator is a fancy way of saying plasma creator? Sure, in this case. Right. Well, no, sure. I it, it's, a, no. it's a fancy way to make a plasma. Yeah, but particle accelerator okay. just means I have charged particles and I make them go faster. Okay, right. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. But now, now, does this rec now is the is the in the movie right? So, I guess because you have the the, the stream right, the stream yeah. whatever. Is there is it like a medium, almost like a vaccine, where you have a medium that's transferring the particles, or is that what particles would look like coming out straight? Is that straight positron or straight proton? It's hard to say. <laughs> it is hard to say, but it, it's not bad. I mean, who knows what the exact color would be? But anytime you have charged particles moving. They're going to be ionizing the air. There's going to be accelerations involved. There will be light radiated. Okay. Now, whether it shows up in the, I forget what color they are. Like red. There's like blue and red, but there's little reds coming out. Yeah, it might be, depending on the energy you're using, that they radiate in the ultraviolet or the infrared, so you wouldn't actually see the beam. So that would be... Well, but it would also be ionizing the air. But it would be ionizing the air, and that would usually glow in a, in a it specific It would look like lightning in that regard. Yeah. So you would see something. So you would see so something. You'd know where you're going. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so now, now, how does the positron? Like, it, let's say that it is a, a an accelerator, right? Yeah. Can we miniaturize that? Like the stuff. Like you know, we talked about how there's an MIT guy who was on the newest Ghostbusters, yes. and so he based those on a lot of real science. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, does his science hold up? Uh, to some degree, uh, you can you could make a circuit, you know, a, a a particle accelerator circuit that would fit in a backpack. The energy levels won't be very high. You'd have to worry if you had a pacemaker about the magnet magnetism coming <laughs> off of it. Sure. So hopefully all those guys have uh, good hearts. Right. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I mean, you do the physics and you can figure out, you know, what if you had that radius, how much magnetic field you would need to keep the particles going in the circuit. And Yeah, so basically the way you want to picture it is, the, there's two types of ways we accelerate particles, linear particle accelerators in a straight line, mm -hmm. but ones in a circle, mm -hmm. um, like the cyclotron. And what you take advantage of is as you cycle it through the circle multiple times, you can actually keep accelerating it. Right. So there are limits for a given circle, but yeah. by using a circle, it goes through that cycle many, many, many times. It's going through these magnets. Each time it gets a yeah. kick, it goes faster and faster. So you just make a circle the size of a backpack That'll determine the maximum energy you get, but there's nothing physically mm. involved in like preventing you from doing that. Yeah. And, pr and presumably this would be more of a spiral kind of synchrotron yeah. system because you're constantly discharging. So yeah. you wouldn't be able to accelerate continuously in the circle because you need to be, well, you could do a bleed off system, but that's more complicated. But yeah. I mean, you need a cooling system, right? I mean, that would get pretty hot. Uh, doing it depends. I mean... For the, the energy, depending on how much energy you're doing, you might, you could conceivably do it with permanent magnets and not even need to do the, you know, the liquid helium kind of uh, su uh, super magnets like you have in, say, a, an MRI machine or something like that. They, although they totally talk in the movie, if you look at like the schematics in the background of the movie, it totally talks about liquid helium being in there. So they're, yeah. they're definitely thinking about using MRI style magnets where you're using super cool superconductors to generate your magnetic fields. But you don't necessarily need that if you're talking about low energies. So you could, so this is very feasible. You could have one of these things that would do this and you could create it relatively yeah. easily. Yeah, the big thing I'd worry about is the grounding. Like what happens to you <laughs> getting charged up by this thing? <laughs> what could happen? Well, I mean, is that a total you're, you're throwing off all these uh, protons, so mm. or positrons, whatever it is, you're throwing off a lot of positive charge. So you're building up a negative charge on your body, or at least in the backpack. So that's going to want to discharge at some point. So the question then becomes, where does that go? And does it go through you? And if it's going through you, now you're a you're part of the system. You definitely want to be dragging a wire behind you yeah. that's attached <laughs> to the ground. Yeah, so your you're, grounding wire you is want very a grounding key. Rod. Well, what couldn't it just thing. pop off other ghosts if it's negative energy? I mean, that's uh, that's another possibility. You could just be spawning more problems as you solve them. You could be, but it's that's why you have I your grounding wire. Yeah. Okay. So that solves that. That solves that. Okay. To some degree. I, I think. I think <laughs> maybe that, that's where the ghosts come from. Yeah. From the center of the earth. I think the funny thing, or the fascinating <laughs> thing, that you know, there's this fear in the movie, the the original one, of crossing the streams. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. Right. Total and, protonic reversal. Yeah. Um. I don't know what that is. It's where everything stops at the speed of light and explodes <laughs> instantaneously. Yeah, I, I think that's just a nervous fear f grounded on nothing. Um, Do you think Egon just made it up? Because I think Egon just made it up. Kind of like how in CERN they thought there'd be many black holes. Exactly. And that there weren't. This is, you know, every now and then so people Egon make panicked. mistakes. He panicked. Because um, oh. if we look at the energies, well, first of all, even if you have high energies, um, you know, that's what a particle accelerator in physics is, is you take protons, you accelerate in high energies, 
and you smash them into each other. Yeah. Um, that's what crossing the streams would basically do, smash these protons into each other. So, yeah, you might get a stream of other particles out. Mm -hmm. um, and if you had some detectors set up, you might learn some new physics. That would be fun. <laughs> um, but you're not going to do... Yeah, you're not going to stop time. You're not going to totally implode. You're not going to reverse. So it wouldn't even yet. like create like in a nuclear reaction or anything. It wouldn't even like create it, any it, additional energy by combining fusion, fission. None of that stuff's well, going on. Well, you get a more powerful stream by combining the two. Yeah, it, it which just, is what happens in the movie. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it depends exactly how your protons collide. What you're going to get. Uh huh. Um, but usually, when we smash two protons together, which just come out, it's kind of like a nuclear reaction because you do get a lot of stuff out and. That's basically radiation. Okay. Um, so you wouldn't want to be on the other side of it because mm -hmm. you'd get hit with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you're not going to do the things that Egon described. Wow. So that's amazing. So that's, if anything, we've solved that like there is no such thing as total protonic yeah. reversal. If anything, I'd actually worry about pointing them at each other and having it feeding back, which maybe is what he was really worried about was having the positive charge flow back to another pack and then messing up. Now, you're not just defending him because I called you the Egon of the group. Like, you really believe No, I, I had already forgotten about that. Okay. All right. So I want real science here. I don't want you just to defend this No, guy. that's an interesting idea. There's so a difference what happens? between crossing them and pointing them at each other. Well, yeah. Right. And I like, I, I like the concern Ben raised of, so, well, of like feedback. When like, like when, they're, uh, uh, when they're directly across from each other trying to capture a ghost in right. the air. Right. And if you accidentally shoot it down the, you know, the opening of the other one, you can get feedback back into your system. So what would, that ha what would happen then? I don't know. Then you might blow up. Dead. So that would be <laughs> that would be the fear. Yeah, you'd you'd be putting energy into this, you know, this accelerator in a way it's not expecting it, and you could, you know, destabilize it in some way and wow. cause shorts yeah. or yeah, that's it could just be not really bad. Thing. So that could that would yeah. be it would. That's be, like putting your microphone in front of the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say, I mean, like like Winston so succinctly said, it would be bad. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that would be bad. Um, well, this is surprisingly easy and simple, and I'm surprised there aren't more unlicensed nuclear accelerators running around <laughs> New York City right now. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. No, it, it's kind of interesting the things that surprise us as to what we can be doing right now. Sure. Um, like, I shouldn't reveal this maybe, but, you know, like UCI actually has a small nuclear reactor on, on the campus so that we can do um, various – we actually use it to do chemistry. Um, and allows us to produce certain nuclear isotopes we need. Um, so please don't like every episode that we do. You sound more and more like a supervillain. So, <laughs> what, what, so what, what's you have a you have a nuclear facility? Yeah, small like a hidden reactor. under. Is it an underground bunker like where Ben no, works? No, it's under the chemistry building. So well, how does it work? This is yeah. I mean, it works like all nuclear reactors, and you know you get no, 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 no. Don't get off easy <laughs> like that. Like whoa. No, so it's it's used a lot to generate different isotopes that they want to use in various chemistry studies. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. I don't know. That sounds pretty suspicious. Do most, do most schools have a, a, a hidden bunker where there's a nuclear I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how many do. But a fair, I mean, it was very common um, early on in nuclear physics and um, yeah. in yeah. chemistry. Lot, lots uh, of schools have medical reaction, or certainly yeah. have medical sources, radioactive right. sources, where... You know, if you're doing Im certain imaging studies, you, you know, you need, you know, x-rays have a radioactive source sure. in them, things like that. But also, there, there's a lot of research into things like, um, into using radiation, you know, radiation therapy, for example, for like tumors or things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have a source of radiation to generate that beam that you use to, 
you know, burn out the tumor. Mm -hmm. And so all these schools that have like nuclear medicine facilities will have big piles of, they'll have big basically a bunker of... underground where they have this radi radiation source and then it goes through acceleration and things to come out and, you know, radiate you to treat you. I did not know they piled it. Well, I mean, and also an MRI well, device is literally called a pile. So. <laughs> but I mean, like it, an MRI device isn't using like uranium two thirty five. No, no, no. That an MRI is using magnetic radiation. Wow. Yeah. There's no. There's no. So you know, yeah. not dangerous, but hopefully. but a CT scan uses yeah X rays and things unbelievable. Like that. Yeah. Wow, so we are closer to the Ghostbusters than I really realized. <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that the ghosts aren't there to bust. But other right. than that, we're good. And I don't have any of those degrees yeah. that, that that Ray or Peter have, but yeah. uh, I want to be part like the, Winston. Yeah, the other interesting thing I saw, I kind of didn't really think about until I was writing up some notes about this was the the gun of the proton pack goes through a cable, and so the cable, how does the how does the beam get through the cable? Like, is the cable <laughs> magnetic too, and it like adjusts what if it's a its, tube? Maybe it's a tube. Well, but it has to have a steering mechanism to get the... Uh, yeah, to the charge particles through. So that, that, there's some fascinating engineering questions, how yeah. you get a beam of particles into a gun. Yeah. It's funny when I see you guys talk, because you guys like chuckle like like people who understand physics. <laughs> like, this little side, like, yeah. ah, ah, the, the cord. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's just it's a tube. Like, what's the problem? Yeah, because it, it makes so much sense that you can make a backpack particle accelerator, but then you think, how do you get it down the... How do you get the particles? How do you get the particles into the gun? Because it'll, because if it goes in the tube, it'll just hit the hit the walls of the tube unless you have a really good. The tube is actually a more complicated physics problem. Yeah, there you have to use your magnetic steering in the tube, which brings us back to a hovercraft. We're just tying it all together here. So, so the tube's the most. So, just in conclusion. In conclusion, uh, yeah. The 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 tube is the most highly engineered part of this thing to get the pro because accelerating the proton's not difficult. Shooting them at things isn't difficult. Uh, it's getting them from the accelerator actually to the gun, which poses the biggest problem. Yes, yeah, I think so. That seems really difficult. I'll go to with me. Ben on that. Can you can you solve it in thirty seconds? Well, you'd have to have a ver you'd have to have magnets in it that can steer the beam, and then the question is, as you're moving as you're moving your gun around, like the shape of the tube is changing, so the magnetic field has to be adaptive to the shape the tube is taking, so that it can always steer it through the tube. And that's a very difficult control problem. I think we just hook into Jarvis. And yeah. Jarvis him, him designed the magnetic field yeah. as we go along. I'm pretty amazed that 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 we can that it's always the little things that it like, is. that throw the whole thing off, right? Like it's like, yep. oh the part accelerator, that's easy. Oh, it's shooting ghosts. I can even buy into that. And it's like, but the tube, man. How do we get them to the ghost? It's like uh, that's I didn't know that was a problem. It seemed simple to me. Just shooting out, you know, whatever. Uh, anything else to add before we no, before I think we go I'm make good. this thing? Yeah. Okay, rid the world of ghosts. Yeah. Um, so how can we continue this conversation, Prof? Michael so Denon. I'm on Twitter at Den and Michael, mm -hmm. and Facebook at Prof P R O F Den and Michael. How come that proof? Oh, that was, well, I don't know. Get like, that one too. Like proof. I should get that. Yeah. Like you provide proof. I I should have. But it's Prof, not it's to confuse prof for people. Professor. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and Ben, how do we get touch with um, you? I'm I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at B Seepser, that's B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And do you accept schematics if someone has a good, an answer to the two problem uh, we discussed? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I will uh, accept them. Just, you know, 
get your get your IP in line first. <laughs> Make sure it's protected <laughs> legally is what he's saying. Uh, and I am on several places. I'm at Analytical Mastermind on Facebook. I am at Daniel J. Glenn on Twitter. And I am the Daniel J. Glenn on Instagram. And that's not an ego thing. There was another Daniel J. Glenn who I think has only posted a couple times, which really annoys me. And I couldn't get it. Much like how Denon couldn't get Michael Denon. Uh, these are the problems that exist in the world of social media. A problem we'll tackle on the next episode. But uh, guys, I think we really did. We did. We're, we're going to solve the problems of the world one one thing at a time. Uh, we did another good thing here, ridding the world of ghosts. So thank you guys. For You're welcome. Until next time, thanks for listening. Fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And please check out all of my projects on DanielJGlenn.com. Thank you.